Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome back to Supercoach Edge. Well, this is mini ep number two, covering the official practice matches from Friday night. As always, I'm joined by Liam. Are you ready to tackle another three matches? I'm uh, ready and ready to go. I reckon this episode might as well be sponsored by Boost. There's so many juicy players we're set to talk about today. Oh, very good. Janine Alice, get us get on the phone. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Actually, it could be like the Boost segment where we're talking mm. about uh, trade boosts. Oh, uh, yes, yeah, good point. We could uh, get sponsored by Boost the Chocolate Bar and Boost Juice. Yeah, both of them. Both come on, come like on guys, hit us up. You know what? Hit us up on our social pages. Ah, uh, don't right. forget, you can follow us across both, uh, all of them uh, for recent news and updates. And obviously to check out the uh, the vodcast form of this podcast, if you are listening through Spotify, Apple, Apple Music, whatever it is, yep, uh, Google, Google, whatever you want to use. Uh, you can find us on YouTube at Supercoach Edge. Um, just search that and you'll find us. And don't forget to like and subscribe. Uh, on Twitter, find us at, at supercoach underscore edge, Damon at Damon J88, myself at, at Liam Evans underscore 95, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. If you search Supercoach Edge, uh, you'll find us there and you'll you'll get all the latest news um, heading into the season. Absolutely. And uh, if you're tuning into this episode and you're thinking, well, where are the reviews on the uh, the Thursday games? Well, you've uh, you've skipped an episode. So go back and watch that on YouTube or listen to it alternatively on whatever uh, platform you listen to mm. our podcasts on. Uh, but yes, this is the second mini app. Also, a reminder about our Supercoach Edge group for those that haven't joined already. There is a Supercoach Championship ring up for grabs for the leader come the end of the season. And the code to join that is 249149. And also a quick reminder as well about our Patreon for 2023. Uh, we do have a top tier, which does feature a cash league, as well as a lower tier, which uh, there is cr- crossover in terms of the extra content and um, little, little uh, I don't really call them, juicy extras uh, available mm. across both and it does um it does include entry into our special supercoach edge discord group setup 
for Patreon only members where there'll be a, uh, a deliciously special. Uh, I've said that uh, normally instead of uh, under the Bruce name. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of weird. Not deliciously special yeah. prize at the end. That's, that's better. That's better. Uh, prize at the end of the Super Coach Rainbow, as we're calling it, to the highest ranked player come the end of the season. You also get access to an exclusive private room on our Supercoach Edge Discord where you can send us questions throughout the season, uh, ask us questions about trades, what you should do, if you need help with that, or you can even just alternatively tell us what we should be doing if we're doing stuff mm. wrong. Uh, so yeah, that's that's just turning <laughs> the tables on us. And you get early access to our podcast and you will earn yourself a shout out on the episode following you signing up to let everyone know how much of a legend you are for supporting us. So uh, access to the lower tier is five fifty per month uh, and 15 per month for the highest tier, which does feature that exclusive Supercoach Edge Cash League. So for more info, head to www.patreon.com forward slash Supercoach Edge. Love it. Uh, and as we mentioned in the last step, there's uh, plenty of reasons for us all to celebrate because we did smash out the uh, smash out the uh, the goal of 500 subs on YouTube. And that means it's time for yet another giveaway. We just love giving things away. It's like, I get why Oprah does it. I get why yeah. Oprah does it. How fun is it? Such a so fun, fun feeling. Look uh, under your seats. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's how we should announce the winners, yeah, the five winners of it. this. Right. That's it. <laughs> uh, and it's uh, quite, I'm quite glad you, you mentioned the page on because uh, that's, that's what we're giving away. We're giving away five Ooh. free season long entries into our Patreon. Uh, to enter, all you have to do is comment your answer to, is this the year? of Errol Goulden discuss. Ooh. You can uh, also go back. <laughs> you, you know what, and if you can include some song lyrics in there. Oh, yes. I don't know, not extra points, but just you'll make me happy. Uh, you can also <laughs> go back to uh, mini app number one and answer the question we posed there for an extra entry and listen to the next step because uh, you'll have another chance to enter. Uh, so you have three opportunities to enter, three times the chance of winning. Uh, so tune in for next week's episode to find out who it is uh, that wins, if it's you or for others, uh, which means there's still time to make yourself eligible to win. All you have to do is subscribe to our YouTube channel and comment. Um, yeah. What, what, who, if you think this is the year of Errol Gordon, uh, mm. but let's, let's jump in. Yep, we'll uh, we'll delve into whether or not we think it's the year of Ooh. Errol Golden. And um, spoiler alert, we think it is. So <laughs> now with all that housekeeping done, let's get straight into it. We'll do it live! Fuck it! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! Yes, let's kick off with St. Kilda versus Essendon, RC Park. I'm glad I didn't... I'm gl you know what? I'm actually... I think last time I said... Oh, damn, I didn't get to go. But you know what? I'm glad I didn't now that I think about it. <laughs> Actually would have been the worst drive home. Uh, but let's move, oh, yeah. jump in straight into St. Kilda. Uh, Rowan Marshall, 506.5K, Ruck eligible, 155, top scorer for the day. Lock him in. Mm. He should be in your rock, Ruck line. We've seen what he can do as a solo Ruck. And it looks like, I mean, it doesn't even look like, we just know it's the role he's going to play now. Um, yep. I they didn't have Heath. He'll probably get a chop out, but he's not going to, I don't think he'll be swapped into the forward line. Um, it'll just really be just resting forward if he, if he needs it. Um, but it should also be noted last year, I think, and this is a positive for, for, for Marshall last year, the Dons were the team, with the lowest opposition rucks, super coach scores. So opposition rucks had their lowest, uh, sorry, average lower than their average against scored mm. lower than their average against the Dons. So the fact that uh, Rowan Marshall 
scored 155 is, is really good, really good sign. Um, and looks to set to finish the year as a top two ruck. And that is why he is in my R2 spot and has not left all season. Yeah, we, we do ease in mine as well. Goes without saying, but uh, we'll say it. Uh, but there is reason to think that a lot of us are talking about him being the uh, the R2. Could he be the R1? Yeah. That's, uh, that's the one thing a lot of people are thinking. Maybe, maybe he's just fooling us all and he's actually the R1 all along. What a plot twist. Uh, that'd be good. But yeah, I agree. He is a... Oh, a there we go. And props. <laughs> he is a for those of you, For those of you listening to the podcast, you don't get these these visual gags. I'm just holding a um, a lock that was sitting on my desk that uh, I just realized that I could use as a prop. So there we go. That is him, Rowan Marshall. And it's actually a broken lock. I, I don't know the combination to it, um, which is probably apt because I don't want to know the combination to Rowan Marshall to unlock it because he's just too yes. good. Too good. Yes. Agree entirely. Um, but let's move on to the next player, and it is Nasaya Wanganin Millera, and he's priced at 103.2k, selectable as a midfielder, and he scored an impressive 91, and he's a bit of a sneaky option that has piqued some interest after a switch to the almost the quarterback role, you call it. It should mm. be noted, however, that he took 50% of kick-ins. Um, so yeah, the, the Dons did did kick that those 14 behind. So yeah. He's not going to be taking as that many kick-ins no. uh, on every given week. So, yeah, uh, probably boost his score. In, overinflates it, you'd say. So, yeah, he's awkwardly priced and he is a mid-only option. So, probably should be on the avoid list at this stage. Uh, but you'd think he should get some handy DPP early in the season if his role in the back line uh, persists. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think he's a pick for mine. I think... I've seen a few people sort of raise him because they've seen his seen his score, seen his increase in output. But I think I think there's a few caveats there, and just the mid eligible mid only eligibility is a bit of a concern for yeah. mine. Uh, much like I guess a Whitfield, who's also mid eligible only. Um, yep, but moving on, it's to Jack Steele, six hundred four point four k mid eligible, score of just eighty four, mm-hmm. and it is a bit of a concern, I reckon, to see a score of just eighty four. But is it? I don't know. Yeah. I'm going full. I'm, I've done circles on this. I've gone around and around and around. Uh, so I think I'm back on the positive side. Mm-hmm. But uh, if they did dominate the contested possession, the Saints in this game. I think it was plus 30. Uh, they had 17 possessions. He had specifically, him, Steele, had 17 mm-hmm. possessions and nine tackles, which is always pleasing to see. Uh, I'm hoping it's just a case of taking it easy in a preseason game. It is eerily, eerily similar to the 2022 preseason game against the Dons mm. again, where he only scored 89 off the back of 20 disposals did start slow in 20, uh, sorry, in round one uh, in 2022. And then he averaged 125 in his next six games. So mm. Mm, I will mm. say, I think the Ross Lyon game plan will suit him a bit slower. Um, Yep. I don't I don't think it's gonna hurt him. Uh he's I think he's 27 off memory, so prime time for a mid. I think he he had good time on ground off memory as well. Yep. Um and <clears throat> attended like all but one CBA, I think, for the Saints. So I do think he is a good pick based off that. And good good stat there that you picked up there, Damon, on his game in the 2022 preseason against the Dons. Um, either way, I think it's one you have to think, uh, have a little bit more of a think about heading into round one, 
than I think we did originally. Like he was pretty much a lock in my side and now he's not in my side currently. But the more I think about it, the more likely he's actually going to make his way back in. Yeah. I mean, that that stat was, I was kind of, I, I must admit, I, for the first time this preseason, mm. uh, took him out of my, out of my team mm. and I replaced him with Jack McRae, who has always been vying for that, that same spot. Um, and then I looked at the price point, the differential is like 30 K and I'm like, I probably need that 30 K to use elsewhere for, for a, another player that I'm looking at. Um, and yeah, for me, I was like, well, you're really similar again to last year. That yeah. was just, I was looking at comparing stats and stuff. Oh, how did he go in the preseason last year? And yeah, just pure chance played the, played the Dons again. Um, and virtually had an almost identical uh, scoring output for the weekend as well. He had the, the most CBAs of any midfielder with 88%. And yeah, for me, I mean, there's, there's no, I mean, it is a little bit of a, a bit of a scare, but mm. if that's the lowest, like as we've been talking about uh, even last year, the fact that he gets the nine tackles provides that that uh, high floor, which if his high floor is an 84, if that's a down week for him, I'm not too displeased, I think. Mm. I mean, sure, he should be scoring more than that at that price point, uh, but I think that's probably um, not going to be the norm. Yeah, I agree. It was also a very low CBA game. Um, mm. Only the 17 for the game. That was the lowest of the, the round, for want of a better term. Oh, well, okay. Um, Good pickup. Very low, 17, compared to, I guess, the next lowest was 23. So, you know, six under. Um, that was mm. Geelong and Brisbane. So definitely something just to consider um, Consider there. Yep. like it. I like it. But, yeah, he's, he's back in my side now. Mm. Um, but, again, yeah, it's a flip of the coin, I think. Uh, just between him and McRae, I wish I could have both, but I'm going to have to choose between both of them. And I'm a, I've always been a big fan, no secret, like you, Liam, as well, uh, with Jackie Steele. So um, happy enough with him and not too concerned. And I guess, you know, there are corrections uh, in the yeah, early part of the season. So exactly. if he does start super slow in his first two games, maybe panic stations, if there's a change in, in uh, his his game style off the back of what Ross is implementing at the Saints, then uh, you can always trade him to another player. Uh, so keeping that in mind. Uh, but let's move on to another player who scored uh, quite well for his price point. Mm. And it is Jack Bytel at um, 158.6K as a midfielder, and he scored 75. So he's an option in the midfield that's popped up after Winhager fractured his hand early in the game, but is uh, apparently a chance to play round one. So he took over the tagging role, playing yeah. 59% CBAs with that hard tag on Parrish. What did you make of that, Liam? Um, Is there anything that, yeah. that stood out there in terms of... I think... Uh, look, I'm going to be honest. Parish, I think, struggles with the tag, as we know. Mm. I also look at Parish, and I kind of <laughs> just don't think he tried particularly hard. Like, yeah. I, I think it wasn't a good enough effort on his part either. Um, so I think it kind of it's exact. It's made his score look a lot worse um, in terms of Parish. Oh, I know he had decent CBAs. I thought he might have had low CBAs, but 65. percent But yeah, not. Uh, I've I had Parish in my side. I've now taken Parish out because I'm just a bit concerned about him with some early tags coming up for, for the Dons. But we'll chat about that a little bit later. And um, yeah, just with Bytel, just to round it out. So you know, you think 
you think that he should continue on with this role through the season, uh, considering that he, he did uh, do a, a decent yeah. enough job? Um, he's been in and out of the t- team for the Saints, um, but it's pleasing to see that uh, he was able to negate the opposition score and score decently whilst doing so. So, yeah, probably one to consider if you need of another mid-option. Uh, there's so many out there to choose from, yeah. um, which makes his price point a little bit more awkward. Mm. Um, but, yeah, for me, I am opting for another player. Yeah, likewise. I think, as and this is going to go for, again, as I think the, the, what I said in the last episode, and I'll say it again now, and I'll say it again in the next episode, any rookie we talk about today, it's really dependent on them obviously being picked. And you've got to wait till next Thursday. Um to, to find that or the first Thursday before to, to find out and the Friday when the full teams are released um, just to make sure that you're not missing anyone. Um, so anything we do say is a caveat has that caveat, I guess, in terms of, of rookies. Um, I'm probably going to bypass him at this stage as well. Wintager being back probably puts a little bit of a dampener on him. Moving on to Jack Sinclair. Uh, 626.2K, defensive defensive eligible, a score of 59. A little bit of concern there for uh, someone that's over 600K. He did take six kick-ins, which was the second for the Saints. But again, we have to take those points with a grain of salt. Teams won't be as inaccurate, you'd hope, as the Dons were uh, this week in every week that the Saints play. Um I think you can – I don't think he'll have a bad year. I just think you can probably net him – a little bit cheaper, a little bit later in the season. Like, I don't think I I'm too concerned about picking him. I think, as we kind of said, Stewart and Doherty, a little bit more short options. Sicily, probably at around the same price. I'd probably prefer him over a Sinclair at this stage. Yep, totally agree there. Um, can't justify forking out the full amount required for, yeah, yeah uber um, premium. And I guess we don't really know what Ross Lyons' game plan will do to his Mm. scoring as well, longer term. Yep. Absolutely agree there. Uh, The next player is a highly sought after um, Mm. rookie slash cash cow, and it is Mateus Philippou. He's priced at 166.8K as a DPP midfielder forward, and he scored 53, not too bad. Uh, Kicked a snag and had 15 disposals. And he should be a lock for round one after Billings especially went down with injury. He'll be up and down with his scoring, no doubt about it. So if you can plant him on the pine, that's what we'd advise. And even if you have another player that isn't playing that you can potentially screen his score with, as we say, um, to loop his score in, that's even better. Um, But did have the five clangers and went at 47% disposal efficiency. So if you can clean that up, should have some decent scoring potential. So I liked what I saw. Uh, at the moment, I don't know yeah. if I can fit him in, uh, but I do like him of the higher yeah. price players just because he has that that uh, that, that super job security yeah. uh, at the moment, looks like. Agreed. Agreed. I didn't I didn't mind what I saw. Again, I can't remember if he's on my side. I've got I've played around with the rookies a little bit. So I'm kind of trying to again, what I like to do is pay for them i have the most the highest price rookies that i can so that i can always i always know that if i can i can downgrade to a, a phil poo um when i say that i don't mean when the season starts i just mean while i'm doing sort of mock teams at this stage yeah. um once i get close to the season i'll have the, the rookies that i really do want um but i can't remember if i've got him in at this stage or not but i 
wouldn't mind getting him in if I if I can. Um, moving on to another rookie, 102.4K, bargain basement price. Haven't seen many of these this year. Forward eligible. Uh, it is Anthony Camantini, uh, the SPP pickup for the Saints. Finished the game with 11 disposals, but went at just 36% disposal efficiency, which is a big worry. He's obviously a bargain basement price, though. So if he is named and has job security, which... I mean, he should have the Saints considering he's a key forward and they are absolutely bereft of key forwards at the moment. He won't need a big average to make 150K, but he is still a key position player. So it's going to be it's gonna be tough. Um, look out for a round one debut, I think, but I'm going to say buyer beware. He should make cash, but again, it's just it's just hard. I mean, so he will make cash, you'd assume, but it's just going to be a hard, much, it'll be yeah. a slow burn. It'll be a slow burn, I'd expect, even at that low price. Uh, one to watch, no doubt about it. Uh, let's move on to your mob uh, in the Dons. And to top the list, we have uh, Jordan Ridley, familiar name uh, for both of us over the years. And he's priced at 504.3K and he scored 128, most pleasingly. Mm. Um, so look to be back to his old role from 2021. Solid in defense, though consider that uh, was against the Saints forward line, which is absolutely decimated at the moment. But pleasing signs, given his role, had 27 disposals and went at 89%, which was uh, uh, pleasing to see. A team high, 12 marks, 89% disposal efficiency, and only took two kick-ins. So didn't really need the uh, mm-hmm. the kick-ins to form uh, you know a bulk of his score. So it does suggest that potentially if he does get more kick-ins, that his scoring ceiling could even be more elevated. But the fact that the one thing I loved about Ridley back in the day uh, when I did have him, you know, pre-2022, 2021, uh, backwards from there, was the fact that he's such a good user of the footy. Uh, really, yeah. really good. Can pick up bulk possessions. Um, so I'll probably pass this on to you, Liam. Like, are there any other points that you want to make about him? Like, for me, just the fact that it looks as though he's back to that old role, which I was looking for under under uh, Scott. Mm. Amazing. Amazing. And it's an easy, Agreed. like we mentioned in the previous episode, an easy switch from Nick Dacos to him. Uh, and I was looking for someone around about that price point to be saving us on money uh, and be a bit of a bolter, which he looks to be potentially. What I like is that we've seen him do it before. Like we know what he, when he had that role, we know what he scored. He did it for, I think, two seasons and then dropped off last year off memory. And one thing I will say is last season, he did have a good preseason score not quite the 128 i think it was about 105 or 110 or something so a little bit lower and i think i got seduced and look as a season long owner of the riddler in 2022 i'm ready to be heard again he's in my side <laughs> um but i i do look at the i look at it and i kind of say i think the role i don't think the role was quite right last year i think i picked him thinking josh uh jake kelly was coming in he'll take a bit more of a lockdown role letting ridley play a bit more freely i don't think that kind of eventuated i think ridley i think sorry um kelly kind of took the small red redmond came along which Mm. his scoring has been a bit off so that's quite interesting as well but i think ridley's it from training and what i've heard of training ridley is really the one that they're looking to sort of get the ball into the hands of and play um almost as that switch player so he's going to get a lot of the ball into his hands i think with the rise of or the 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 rise i want to say but the uh, BZT coming through and actually be able to take key defenders properly. Um, that lets him be, let uh, that's Ridley be freed up because Laverde takes the, takes the second, you know, the second key forward. And then Ridley can really be a bit more of that floating um, intercept mark. 
player and then the one that yeah has high disposal efficiency so he's going to score well but they can get the ball into his hands so i am i'm 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 a big fan i want him in my side Yep, and and just you mentioned there of BZT, that isn't a um a, a brand of like TMZ. It's not a competitor. That is Brandon <laughs> Zerk Thatcher. So <clears throat> yeah, sorry. They're thinking, what the hell did he mention? Yeah, yep. that's um BZT, who uh, youngster. But yeah, that I've yep. always wondered about him. Whereabouts is he at? So he's actually helped out the um, yeah definitely the structure. He was he was one that I always sorry just gonna delve into Dessen and talk now. Um, <laughs> I never thought, I always wondered whether he'd come along. And then last year really showed quite a lot. Like, I think he had a really good year in the VFL. And then last year had another good year in the VFL and then um, came in at senior level and actually played quite well, um, which is really good. And it's sort of, yeah, it'll free Ridley up, I think, quite a lot. So it should be good for season 2023 for him. He's in my side and I don't think he's going to move. Uh, moving on, another interesting pick and a bit of a smoky here, and it is Will Setterfield from Your Mob. Mm. Or used to be from Your Mob. 348.2K, mid-eligible, and scored 119. Uh, a bit of a smoky here, and off memory, still a still a pod. Mm-hmm. Just 2.2% of teams, but the role looks good. You discussed in the last episode, and this has piqued my interest, that he mm. has the scoring potential when he does play as an inside mid, and looking at the CBAs, I can't see him dropping off massively. He had eight um, with 47%, did play a little bit less um, in the midfield as the game sort of went on. Um, they kind of trade put, brought Perkins in, played a bit more there. Um, Cordwell went down with an injury. Sounds like he'll be okay though. But I think Setters really, what he did in the midfield, I think was really quite strong. Um really, really aided them. So, and 119 is a, is a good score, a very good score. And he's one that I think uh, I really want to pick. It's the 2% of teams. Him only being in 2% of teams that concerns me. He's an easy drop down to a hopper if you don't start a hopper, but he's shown a bit more than hopper in the preseason in terms of scoring. So could be interesting pick, I want to say. Ah, yes. Very Did also positively lead the, lead the Dons in way of contested possessions with 14 as well. So mm. good, good scoring potential there. Yeah, he's always been a good player. That's been a strength of his game in and under. Mm. Uh, not played as a wingman like Carlton did, stupidly. Um, still annoys me. Still annoys me because back in – it was that year that I was, I was rolling through yeah. some of the stats – uh, one of the previous episodes in, in yeah, 2020. And he was able to score points, uh, like his points per minute was actually quite quite good. He was averaging points per minute around about 1.4, uh, which is really good. And when he was played in that engine room role, like there was that season there, go back and have a look uh, if you, um, just for easy consumption. But 2020, 86, 88, 97, 102, 98, 102, 82, 141. Like, and it goes on. And that, yeah. I don't know what it was off the back of that season, but David Teague and the, the, the other coaching staff there absolutely stuffed him up again the next year, put him on the wing, tried to put him in defense. Just so dumb. So I've seen enough as a Carlton supporter and I have confidence in him. If he is played in the engine room, I would be very confident in selecting him. But the only thing going against that is the fact that he'd be taking the spot of Hopper. Um, and I don't know who else I could... Yeah afford to get rid of to try and fit him in uh callahan maybe who's in my side at the moment i'd need to to find some 60k or thereabouts 80k 
Um, so it's, it's kind of hard to try and fit him in. Uh, so it's an awkward price point that's really going to turn me away, I think, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if Hopper doesn't come on or if Hopper gets injured, which could happen mm. given his injury history, he is one that I will be jumping across to, no doubt about it. Um, but I can see merit, especially being that pod. Uh, could give you a nice little jump, especially yeah. if Hopper turns to shit and he doesn't get injured, but just doesn't fulfill his scoring potential. Yeah. And even if Setterfield just averages 10, 20 points, you know, 10 points more than him, it's, it's, it is probably worth it week to week for the price difference. I don't think it's massive between the two of them. It's just, yeah, I guess the 2.2% of teams, that's a bit of a concern because it could backfire on you quite, quite severely as well. But I guess it is an easy trade down. If you, after two, two games, you're not happy with him down to a hopper. If you don't start both. Yeah, he's um so he's priced at the average of sixty three point three, and going by the notion that every ten mm. points above your starting average is fifty k, uh, that's sort of the loose sums. So if he averages twenty points above his starting average and averages eighty three point three early on, over the the first couple of months, he'll make a hundred k. So you could mm. almost use him like as I was saying with Hopper as a yeah, playing cash cow or that, yeah. that that stepping stone to a to a genuine primo. So. I wouldn't see him as a season-long keeper. No, uh, no definitely, definitely not. but yeah, he's a. Yeah. If he had forward status, uh, if he had forward oh, yeah. status, I would be picking him. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yep. It's just he but, doesn't. Yeah. Uh, as a Don's man, just quickly, because I'm aware that the uh, the time's yeah, getting away, away from yep. us, but um, it is a good discussion point. But mm. as a Don's man, do you see him playing uh, or being? Uh, considered in their best 20, not 23, not 22 plus the sub. Can you see him as their best 22 player in the engine room yeah. as it, as it exists at the moment? I didn't before. Uh, I'll admit I didn't until either of the practice matches. I thought I'd rather give Caldwell the opportunity. Um, yep. But I have to say since both of the practice matches, I changed my mind quite strongly. Like I think he is, I think he should be starting mid. I like it. There you go. That's the verdict. That's, that's the Jura. Uh, the judge, juror, and executioner. Mm. Maybe not the executioner. Um, <laughs> let's move on to the next guy. And it is Zaki Merritt. Uh, 617.5K. Scored 112 uh, and looked mm. good and took 59% off CBAs. Only had the 23 touches, uh, which I think is on the lower side for him. As we know, he's just an absolute accumulator at best. But uh, still scored quite decently nonetheless. And we've noted in past episodes that Zeret has a tendency to have a slow start and build his average through the back end of the season. This is potentially what could happen again this year. So keep that in mind, though, with the captaincy, will he try and maybe push a little bit harder mm. earlier to set the standard maybe and just switch things up? Maybe he starts well and then tapers off towards the end of the year, just switches it up a bit, just yeah, reversal. It is. So just on that, it is eerily similar every year. It's like mm. after the buys, he picks up massively. It's yeah. just... Every year. Just the, the secret tonic that mm. he takes, uh, like pickle juice, whatever it is, needs to bottle it and uh, distribute it and sell it at a high price point. Uh, but anyway, uh, who knows if he's if he's that way inclined. But uh, worries would be about the round one clash with the Hawks and a McGuinness tag potentially. Yeah. So does he go to Merritt or Parrish, who we know can't really deal with the tag? And then also the round three clash with the Saints uh, is another sort of potential tag coming from Win Hago or Bytel. So mm. interesting. Yeah. I'm inclined not to start him personally at that price for 0.7% mm. of teams only. Um, so low again, pod sort of option. It's a no for me at this stage. 
Um, probably I think you've got better options like a steel um, mm. or likewise. Um, moving on, we've got Sam Draper, 398.7K, ruck eligible, scored an 80. Role is definitely there, but there is a big risk to bring him in as your R2. Uh, took 54 ruck contests, 63% for the Dons. Um, but it's his around the groundwork that I think really needs to improve. Um, he, I think he had the same hitouts as Marshall, but got monstered around the ground, um, which is BSP issue. As a Don supporter, I really do hope it is his breakout year, but I think we're potentially a year away from that. He's, uh, he's interesting, very interesting, uh, because he'd save you a whole lot of money, but yeah, I'm yeah. of the same way inclined. I'm not going to delve into that. Uh, let's move on to a potential juicy cash cow in the way of Elwin Davy Jr. He's priced at 117.3K as a mid forward, which I didn't even know Ooh. was the case. I always just assumed he was a forward, but yeah, that DPP adds another string to the bow. Uh, scored 67 and looked lively early Ooh. in the game with seven touches in the first quarter alone and a goal. But he did, however, fall away as the match progressed, much like the Dons, but early signs are there and I'm... I didn't even consider him up until the weekend at all, I must admit, and looked at other rookies ahead of him. But I loved what I saw from him. Uh, yeah. I mean, it goes without saying, he's obviously plays like his dad, um, but very silky, uh, that evasiveness. Uh, mm. And just just the, I don't know, the brains, just just the footy brain that he has mm. for such a young player is really impressive. So does he stick around? I mean, early games he may play, but longer term, does he fill a role? I think so. I think so. I think... Um, from the looks of it, the Dons want to play three talls, three smalls in the forward line. He's not traditionally a small forward as well, which is interesting. I think a lot of people think he is. He's actually a yep. midfielder. Um, so who sort of plays a little bit forward. I think he'll play majority forward, to be perfectly honest. I don't think he'll be getting any mid-time um, or along the wing. Um, but I do think he sticks around because I think they do want to play the three smalls, and I think it'll be Menzi, who we'll talk about in a second, Davey, and then... Oh, I really wanted to be Tipper, but I think he maybe be doesn't debut round. Uh, sorry, debut doesn't play round one. Um, I think he might get a few games in the VFL and then come in. I like it. Enough for me. Bang. He is for me almost a lock. Ooh. For those of you listening to the podcast, you have no idea what I'm holding up. It is a lock. Yes. Now let's move on to the next guy on the list, and it is Jai Menzi, 154.2K, forward eligible. Uh, 62 was his score on the weekend. He didn't manage a goal, but was a positive there in that his score is on the back of just manic pressure, laying a team high six tackles and having 26 pressure acts. Um, and that's the positive. He didn't, I think he only kicked a behind off memory. Um, yeah. But didn't, yeah, didn't score a goal. He scored three in the, the, the previous practice match. Um, so I think he's a decent option who should have a decent floor on the basis of that he is really bringing that forward pressure. So interesting one that I hadn't really considered until this week um, as well. Higher price is a little bit awkward. So maybe Davey's a better option. Like it. Yeah. Awkward price point. <clears throat> I did think of him uh, because I do like the fact that, yeah, he's not contingent upon kicking goals to really score mm. half decently as a cash cow, but yeah. Uh, I will probably look elsewhere. Moving on to uh, this guy who uh, is a favourite of yours, Liam. It is Darcy mm. Parrish. He's priced at 610.8K and was tagged hard. Tagged very, very hard, which is a concern going into round one and round three with potential tags incoming, like we mentioned earlier. But also didn't really get a look to... Uh, didn't really look to get out of first gear. So makes you wonder, like a Jack Steele, did he just take it easy? Did he... Mm. Um, 
did you not just worry about it? Like it's it's not it's not the hard stuff. Don't worry, Bruce Free, all that sort of stuff. So, I mean, probably not too concerning, uh, considering he played well the week before. Mm. He did play low time on ground as well, just sixty nine percent, which was the second lowest of any mid. Uh, so not complete panic stations just yet, uh, but with some early tag risks, like I mentioned, could be one to snag later in the season if he does potentially drop in cash. But I will mention as well, because someone pointed this out on Twitter. I can't remember who it is. And they spoke about it uh, on Moriero's Magic's podcast as well uh, with Xavier Ellis, obviously a former player of the Hawks and West Coast. And it was the fact that uh, he was pictured in the rooms post-game with ice on his calf. Mm. So uh, Moriera's magic, Sel- Selby did say, oh, that's just a standard thing, isn't it? And Xavier Ellis said, no, I can tell you firsthand. It's not a standard thing. Usually you ha- yeah, ice up your hammy, your quads, all those sort of things as well, just to flush out any excess lactic acid. But when it comes to your calf, traditionally you don't. But he's had some calf issues. Is that right? In the past? Had so- calf issues last year and I'm pretty certain this preseason as well. Mm, so that, so that's a little bit be, of a worry, but maybe yeah, it could it's- be a worry. Could be precautionary. Precautionary, you yeah. Um, just knowing that he has had those issues. I'm not start. He was in my side. I'm not starting him. Um, he was sort of mooted as another option with with Steel. Um, mm. I'm not starting him. I there's a few schools of thought. I think it's a contract year for him as well, so it could go big. Um, if you want to, you know, look at it that way. <laughs> um, yeah. But again, I wonder whether the tag sort of started and he just kind of went, oh, well, don't need to try too hard. Like, you know, like what's the yeah. point of pushing through? It's a, it's a practice game. Um, and that's why he, because he did look good in the first game. Um, but again, I don't think he looked great this game. One, the tag and two, I think he just didn't put in enough effort to be perfectly honest. Yeah. I'm not too worried. I'm not starting him. He's only in, I think, 2% of team. So again, really big pod. I'd be mindful of starting him at this stage. Mm. Totally agree there. Yeah, let's uh, move on to Sydney versus Carlton. Your mob at Blackstone International Sports Park. What a what a name for a stadium, <laughs> if we can call it a stadium. Uh, but uh, first up, and it's probably the name on everyone's lips. It is Errol Goulden, four hundred and seventy-two mid forward, hundred and ninety points. What a what a game! What a man! What a man indeed! Remember when he burst on the scene? Yes. Burst on the scene, and and, and Liam, you've done a little bit of a um. Uh, well, uh, we did put out a, a bit of a um, bit of a meme on Errol to the uh, the soundtrack of Oh Errol, <laughs> and you've said here, what have you said? A bit of a, a bit of a twist on the lyrics. Yes, and I would do anything just to get him in. I would, exactly. and, and to be is, like him as well, and to be like him. I mean, yeah. just <laughs> scoring 190 super coach points. Yes, please. Um, he's in my side. He's in my side, and I think. Uh, we'll, we'll touch on this. I'm sure you'll touch on this in a second, Damon. But mm. um, we did flag him last, 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 late last season, around 23 yes. to be exact. Um, and I think I actually said that he probably wasn't going to make it into my side, but I really wanted to pick him. But yep. I'm glad now I've got justification for picking him so I don't look like an absolute, absolute crazy person. Um, yeah, before you continue on though, let's just let's just play this little soundbite here, uh, or the little snippet on YouTube mm. if you're watching us uh, on YouTube, because this is from round 23, and we were crystal balling it. It was the segment where we look, we're looking forward to this year as to potential breakout contenders. And when you mentioned Errol Goulden's name, I was like, yeah, mm. I don't know about that, don't know about that. But just that's the sort of insight that you get from you know your your kind of well. 
it was the crystal ball. Yes, it was, but it was a bit of your magic as well. It was a bit of your Oof, magic, and that's the insights you. that you provide alongside me. You're the yin to my yang. Mm. Uh, so those are the sort of uh, insights that I love as well. So let's just throw to this uh, this little snippet here. I don't necessarily have him as a value option. He's probably more a breakout option, and it is uh, Errol Goulden from ah, yes. the Swans. I'm assuming he's going to hold his forward status. Um, I know he's playing a little bit more on a wing, but I think he should hopefully maintain his forward status, I hope. So he went from 2021 debut season, average point, average of 76.4, which is insane for a, for a, well, not that crazy, but yeah, decent. He had some very big scores, very big scores. Mm. Um, but in 2022, he actually increased that average by just over yep. nine points, almost 10 points. So if he could do that again, that gets him up to from 85 to around 95, which could mm. have him locked in as a bit of a, a bit of a top six, six forward. Um, mm. Yeah. Forward. So yeah, one, one to consider, I'd probably want to see a little bit more from him, um, but just, you know, hopefully there's a bit of a trend in that upwards direction. So that would be very nice. So there we go, Liam. So you've said set in stone, you looked deep into the crystal ball, deep. the painted crystal yes. ball. Supercoach Edge brand, of course, if you look underneath, um, yeah. not yet on sale, um, just beta tested. But <laughs> you've said ahead of anyone, oh. I mean, there's, there's a few people in the preseason early on, other podcasts have said, oh, Errol no. Goulden. But last year. I think like, the Phantom has been beyond him as well. Yeah, actually, yes, probably yeah. should say that, but not last year. You have been the first. I, I will I will stand by that. I will Ooh. stand by that. I hope. I hope, I hope it comes off. I mean, I'm still a bit worried here. <laughs> but if this comes off, if, if he ends up being, which at this stage, if he can make, I mean, he's not going to score 190 every week, but no. if he can break into the top eight forwards, top six forwards as a starting forward in your mm. team, this is going to be one of the biggest calls in terms of foresight I've ever seen in my time in Supercoach. And I've been in Supercoach for a long while. I'm, I'm a bloody wizard. Mm. I'm a... I've been around the traps. Let's just, just say that and part of the furniture. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, that's a big call by me, but a big call by you and Jesus. Hopefully, hopefully it comes off. Hopefully it comes off. He did have, did have a massive score. And I think there's a few people, we'll, we'll talk about this as we go, but a massive super coach score in the preseason with, with 45 touches, three goals and 18 CBAs, which was, which was absolutely mammoth. Um, we do have to temper our expectations as Mills did miss but he did have, so he had 70.4% CBAs in the week before where Mills did play. And he had, what was it? Let me 69% get the exact number. On the- 69%. So he actually yep. had very much the same CBAs mm. between the two games. Now, even if Mills comes in, like looking at the the, the split of CBAs, you had Goulden 22, sorry, Parker 22, Goulden 18, Rowbottom 17, Warner 17, um, as your sort of core, Mills is going to come into that. Even he takes some off Golden, I think it's still going to be okay. I still think he's going to score well enough. Um, we saw that he had some really good scores last year. Um, we do also have to consider that Jared McVeigh has said that he has the ability to play forward, mid, and wing. So we could see some variability. But when he's been playing like he did yesterday, you'd expect him to continue to get. Sorry, when I say yesterday, I wrote this. Um, the day after, um, but uh, when he when he did play on that like that on Friday, you'd expect him to to continue to get some CBAs and hopefully find an average of around a hundred for the season, and that'll get him into the top eight forwards um, easily. I don't think it's out of the realms of possibility. I think what did we say? He averaged eighty five last year. Um, 
if you can get up to 95, he's definitely the top eight, I'd say. Um, and if you get up to 100, he'll yeah, top six is is definitely not out out of the out of the realms of possibility. Um, if you are picking him though at his price, he's a keeper. Um, yep. so you've got to kind of factor that in. Um, but I I'm all for it. I think with the extra trades, it's actually okay to take a risk on someone like a Golden. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't mind it. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same camp as well. I have him now taking the place of Cogs. Um, mm, yeah, same. I think you've mentioned as well um, in our discussions that of the guys to to really that you could sacrifice, you know, between the, the existing primos up forward, Dunkley, Rosie, uh, even Taranto, if you count him as a primo for this year, you'd say that Cogs in that foursome is probably the one that you could do without. Cogs hasn't been the most durable over, over the few seasons. So count that as, as something that uh, you should be factoring in, may get injured. Um, there's variability there in terms of how he is going to perform without the likes mm. of uh, Taranto in the midfield, uh, Hopper being there. I mean, Hopper's been injured in recent times, but, um, you know, is he going to put an impact on him? Is he going to cop a tag from from time to time? Who knows? Like, there is a little bit of a question mark there, even though earlier signs suggest that, you know, he should be all right uh, mm. because he will be being played as a, predominantly as a midfielder as opposed to half forward uh, like he was under Leon Cameron. But, yeah, I think there's, of those guys, for me, I think Cogs is the one that you can easily do without and, and maybe find it easier to try and get him in later in the year. Yep. Agreed. Agreed entirely. Uh, well, that's, that's pretty much sorted. He's in my team. He's in your team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I think, I think he's a decent pick. I really do. Yeah. I, like I think he's, a, he's one to take a risk on. I think it is worth it. And I think his is obviously his, um, his ownership is rising, um, as we speak. So it's becoming less and less of a risky pick. He's, uh, he's actually now, uh, 30% ownership. And Canelio, by comparison, is 18%. So mm. it looks as though that drop for Cogs has been, yeah, it's it's going the way of, of Goulden. So he's rising and Cogs is dropping. So a lot of people are doing just that. They're dropping Cogs for Goulden. And I think you almost need to do that. You need to take risks on, you know, value players, uh, guys that you think are going to increase their average. And, I mean, you're saving 70, 80-odd K uh, by going uh, Cogs down to Goulden. Uh, to really mm-hmm. help strengthen other parts of your side. So I like it, like it, like it, like it. But let's move on to the next guy of discussion, and it is Chad Warner. He's priced at 532.7K, and he only scored an 88. Um, I say only because there is a bit of a, a higher expectation on this guy now. He should be taking the next step. And, yeah, we saw what he was able to produce at the back end of last year, especially in the grand final as well. Mm. Uh, really was one of the few swans that stood up and scored half decently. But, um, you know, the Chad, having said that, he's hopefully on the way to his breakout year. But I think at his price now, uh, there are better options in your side. Uh, even, yeah, just stacked up against Goulden. He's, uh, he's 60.7K more expensive than Goulden. Um, mm. So by that comparison, I'd be giving him a miss and opting for Goulden if you have Warner in your side. Yeah, and even then it's like green. Like if you don't have, if you have Warner yeah. and you don't have green, like get green in. Yeah, um, even Mitchell, I'd say to an extent, if he can average a hundred, not too bad. Um, better than I think what Warner will probably produce. Um, you might get some really good scores with Warner, but I think you'll also get some lower scores. Yep. Uh, moving on to, uh, rookie Ruckman, 
Lachlan McAndrew, 123.9, ruck forward, 32. Really quite a high ownership considering I don't think he's a lock in, in any way, uh, especially with both Laddams and McLean looking good to go for the season proper now. They both played in the in the, in the the match. Um, and McAndrew, you'd expect, should be down on the list. Score of just 32 from 24% of ruck contests suggests he probably doesn't have the scoring potential we need or the job security either. Um, I think he's definitely one to give a miss um at this stage yeah and laddams actually looked good to his credit mm-hmm. as well um who scored 91 uh himself so yeah i think a lot of people that have already selected mick andrew expecting that he's going to be rucking in round one will be uh due for a bit of a shock i think yeah um, the team selection in thursday week's time so yeah keep that in mind for those of you having him at r3 uh because he could be a waste uh but let's move on to carlton's side of the coin and first up Sam Dockers Doherty, uh, priced at 603.6K, smashed out a 152 and put himself firmly back in the uh, headlights for me mm. um, alongside Tom Stewart that I mentioned in the last episode. And as we saw on Twitter, uh, at Austin Skilton, or well, he called Sam Doherty, Sam Lockerty. So that's mm. what we're going to be renaming him here, Sam Lockerty. Lock him in. Looked great off halfback and we know the scoring history is there. Still snuck in some CBAs uh, with nine to the tune of which was 35% while taking kickouts also. So a two-pronged um, arsenal really there for, for Dockers. Just a one-two punch. Love that. Kickouts, he took three, which was 43%. And uh, yeah, off the back of that, you'd think bulk points incoming. And as we saw there, 152 bulk points were incoming. So he's locked. He's locked and loaded in my side now, as he is yours, Liam, as you mentioned um, to me off air d1 he's my d1 as well uh d1 he's taken... Delockety. Delockety. we've lost it Delockety. you should definitely lock at him in <laughs> yeah. um i'm 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 all for this pick as he said three three kick-ins got some cbas which we were all worried about mm. um yeah i like it i like the pick quite a lot I like the boy. <laughs> yeah, I think I think he's definitely coming over Stuart. And I think it's just purely, I think he'll have more consistency in his scoring than I think Stuart mm. will. I think Stuart will be a bit more high ceiling and potentially a lower floor, but not a low floor, just a lower floor than what Doherty will have. Mm. Um, but I don't think Doherty will necessarily have the massive heights that, that Stuart gets to. Yeah, and just in terms of stats as well, to round it out, to give you that uh, that full overview, so Dockers had 34 disposals and most pleasingly 11 marks, which yeah. was, uh, I think it was like f- five more than the next best. Mm. So he's just running rampant, taking marks galore, switching of play. He's there in defence uh, off the half-back line and, yeah, getting those, those little pinch hits in the midfield, in the midfield. as well. They're mm. still there. So I'm there with him. You're there with him. We're lining up in the center line alongside him. Round one against the, the Tigs. We're there. Yep. Just give him I a pack on the pat on the back side, backside and just give him a bit of encouragement. Off he goes. Go, off he goes. Yeah. As we said. And then, and then we'll get tackled off the uh off the turf at the MCG. Yeah. But it'll be worth it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, okay. Pitch invasion, yeah. yeah. 
Pitch invasion. That's what we want. Um, <laughs> Alex, Alex Chincotta. I've lost Next it. option. All right. The next three uh, are all rookies and I'm going to throw, I'm going to, I'm going to go through, we'll go through them, but I'm going to lead on you a bit here, Damon, because I think as the, as the, as the blues man, you should uh, be able to give us a bit more insight, but Alex Chincotta, 102.4 K defense, defensive midfield eligible 70 was his score ended with the, Pretty good score considering he did start the game a little bit slower. I remember watching the scores and I was like, oh, he's going all right. And then I think I saw the end and he went 70 and I was like, whoa, out of nowhere. Um, and I thought hopefully he's played himself into a round one debut. Um, did have 16 disposals and pleasingly six tackles, which is which is a nice base to have. Bargain basement price if he's named round one at his price point, he should make some good cash quickly. Do we think he gets a round one debut, Damon? Uh, just quickly mindful of, of the time, but we, we spoke of both of him and Cowan in yep. last week's episode. And I'm quickly going to just say he's a 50, 50. I, I don't yeah. think he's put his name forward any further than what he did in last week week's before. unofficial practice. Yep. Oh, sorry. The week before that unofficial practice game. Um, and yeah, Cowan, which you'll speak of shortly. I think he's a 50, 50. Actually, you know what? I, I will give you a little bit of something. I'll say he's a 45% chance yeah. and I'm going to say Lockie Cowan's a 55% yeah, chance. Yeah, I feel like you're right there. So I, I just, I, I'll, I'll let you speak to Cowan, but I, I won't go into too much just yet. Um, but yeah, the next guy up, we've got uh, Hollands as well. Yeah. Do you think he's, he's an option as well for a debut? Who's at Hollands? Yeah. He's a high price rookie, 162.3K. Yeah. Uh, and he scored 59, which I thought was quite, uh, quite nice for him. Um, yeah. 17 disposals, one tackle and took six marks looked decent, but, um, yeah, at that price point, I'm still, I'm not certain that he's going to make a debut, uh, probably yeah. less so than, um, uh, Jim Cotter and, and Cowan. Um, but without Walsh being there, there is a chance that he could yeah. make his debut. I wasn't overly impressed with Lockie O'Brien. I will say that, um, uh, Hollands is playing on the opposite wing. So if Lockie O'Brien is uh, is left out of the team, there's more reason for Hollands to play because uh, he, yep. he will be taking uh, O'Brien's place as well. Uh, Akers, as well as we know, playing through the wing. So I think Hollands could potentially mm. take O'Brien's spot in round one, but uh, I wouldn't be certain of that. But yep. yeah, I, I did like what I saw. That's for sure. Cool. Easy. And then, as you mentioned, Lockie Cow on the other one, uh, 117.3K defensive uh, eligible only, 59. Um, he looked decent enough. It looked at a decent replacement for the injured Williams. I think he was the one that we all kind of expected. Um, he had 10 disposals at 90%, which was nice. Threw his body into contests, kicked it behind and laid four tackles. Um, as you sort of said, I think Cowan, based on what you said, Cowan looks like he's probably more likely to be the goer than Shinkata, um, which is, I mean, at one seventeen point three k is still something we need um, in a decent lower priced rookie. Yeah, probably uh, we're, we're we're doing pretty well in terms of having enough depth. We've still got Sam yeah. Durden as well, who we picked up as a DPP yep, player. Good pick. Yeah. Oh, sorry, DPP. Um, what is it? SSP player. Yeah. Uh, last year, and I think for both of these guys to put their hand up so early bodes well for them either one will make a debut the other one will potentially put their hand up at some stage or another so uh, i think we're in a good spot uh so one at least will be a downgrade option come uh, at some stage during the year but yeah i was super impressed have a look at carlton's uh twitter 
page as well. They did put up a bit of a um, highlights package for those of you who missed the game and just his ability to throw himself into contest. Uh, he's got the mature body. Uh, mm. He was named the best. He won the award for the best player in uh, the under 18 champs uh, or the NAB, whatever they're calling it nowadays. Um, so yeah, he uh, he's one that's really put his hand up and I'm super impressed. And I think he's a better chance, better chance yeah. to make his debut. Um, either way, it would be nice for Chinkotta to make his, his debut because he is priced 15K or thereabouts cheaper. Um, but Lockie Howe in 117.3K, he's going to make bulk cash. And I think just to, just to make mention as well, Lockie Plowman is one guy who has been a bit of a whipping boy, but didn't really overly impress either. Uh, mm. So he could potentially find himself out of the side and that bodes well for both Cowan and Chinkotta as well. So keep that in mind. Good to know. Good to know. Uh, let's move on to the next game, the the last game on the on the Friday, and that is West Coast versus Adelaide at Mineral Resources Park. And we'll jump in with uh, with Ruben Ginby, one hundred seventy one point three k defensive midfield eligible, score of ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, love it, love it, love a ninety nine from a from a rookie, uh, with not to have twelve CBAs, which was forty three percent for the West Coast Eagles. And he looks to be a great option for your defense with some handy DPP to, to boot. Um, he had 17 disposals, uh, 10 of which were contested possessions, laid five tackles, which will help him create a very good floor for himself. And even more impressive, he did it with just 56% time on ground. So if we mm. extrapolate that out, he's mm. better than Golden. Um, yeah, that's very true. No, we don't. We don't. We don't <laughs> no. Not true. But uh, get him in. Get him in. He looks to be a very good option for your defensive line. Um, comes at a bit of a premium, but I think that's what we're going to see across uh, the rookies, I guess, for this this early stage of the season. Yep, in fifty eight percent of teams at the moment. So don't second guess yourself. Get him in. Uh, that, uh, as we like to say, that uh, risk is mitigated by that mm. higher ownership. Uh, exactly. So get him in. You don't want to be left wasting a trade in order to get him in. So don't stuff around, start with him, lock and load. Uh, the next guy we have is Elliot Yo, and he's priced at 337K as a defender, obviously, and he scored not too bad, 78. Decent enough, but nothing mind-blowing, but should make some decent cash at that price point. Only had 67% time on ground, so keep that in mind, and uh, that's likely due to the case that he was being managed ahead of the season proper. And he'll likely be managed like this in the early rounds, you'd think, when the whips are cracking, but should build to more time on ground and get a higher scoring base. Another positive is the fact that he had a role in the Eagles at midfield with 12 CBAs and looks a good mid-price option for your defense. And as we said just before, the risk is mitigated with that high ownership, which at the moment is 50%. So owned smack Mm, bang by half the competition. Yep. He's in my side. I don't think he'll leave it. I think with those 12 CBAs, it's it's just it's a good base for him. Yeah. Um I think we're oh, talking about the next guy, Dom Sheed. I'm not as I'm not as big on him. Mm-hmm. Uh 332k midfield eligible, 73. I think it comes down to the fact that there's probably better options at his price point. Um, like Hopper, I mean Setterfield, if you want to take the risk like me. Um, but he's another popular mid-priced option. Um, he was also managed for minutes like Yo, having just the 75% time on ground. Um, and again, we'd expect that to build. But likewise, um, to, to Yo as well, he had a good role in the middle with 17 CBAs, which was 61% for the Eagles, which actually left him in the top three, um, which is which is which is a nice role. I think at this stage, I'm probably giving him a miss. 
Um, though, as I said, I think Hopper is it's 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 an awkward price to have too many players in at that at that price point. Totally agree, and Setterfield as well. Setterfield is is now in that calculation, like <laughs> yeah, and saying so. Interesting, very very interesting. Uh, let's move on to the next guy, and it is Oscar Allen, priced at two ten point two k. And he scored a 52 off the back of one goal and three behind. So his scoring was hampered by his inaccuracy and his disposal efficiency of just 50% let him down. Also, we'll benefit from Darling being back in the side, hopefully in round one. But there are probably better options than Allen at his price in the forward line coming at that higher price point. We'll struggle for supply also. Keep in mind from the Eagles at midfielders at times in games, uh, when the whips are cracking, when they're up against quality opposition, yeah. uh, which could hurt his uh, cash generation. So if he has, you know, if he's averaging 52 and then he has a down game of a 25, uh, he's going to find it hard to really kickstart that cash generation again, being at that higher price point. So uh, for me, even though I did factor him in into my side very, very early on, um, I am now looking elsewhere well and truly. Yeah. Likewise. Um, I suppose you could say he might get some ruck sort of a time more so in the forward line, just as a, you know, when the ball's in the forward line, but looking at this on the weekend, he only had four ruck contests, which was 5%. So probably not enough to warrant that being part of his, his scoring base. Um, I'm probably going to give him a miss at this stage. I don't think it's, I don't think it's worth the worth, worth his higher price point at this stage. Um, Moving on to Campbell Chesser, 123.9K, defensive midfield eligible. Uh, 34 was his score. Not a standout display by any by any means by the, the highly touted midfielder. He had just nine disposals, went at 67%, laid two tackles, but he did struggle for game time with just 61%. Um, he only had the three CBAs, which was the equal lowest for the Eagles. So the role might not be there. If it, It's hard to say to pick him if he's named in round one. I think if he's named round one, I don't mind the pick of picking him because he's highly touted, but it's a tough one just having a look at this exposed form, I guess. Yeah, it is. It is definitely tough. I think, yeah, as you mentioned, what's going to it, going for him is the fact that yeah, they they really rate him. Um, mm. So you'd think if he doesn't debut in round one, it's probably due to the fact that he's he's not his conditioning isn't up to scratch, uh, has been managed over the preseason so so far. So you'd think that he should make his debut uh, in the early rounds, round two, three, four onwards. And I mean, it's not the end of the world. If he doesn't play round one, stick him on your bench. I'd, when you're West Coast playing in the early rounds, you could potentially use him as a bit of a um, loophole option and loop in the score of, an, of another rookie off the bench. So always keep that in mind as a uh, potential mm. strategy. But, That's um, a good, very good point. Yeah, and likewise, just really quickly, Elijah Hewitt played 148.8, came mid, again, highly touted. Only scored the two, came on late. As it avoided at this stage, stage seems unlikely to be named in round one. Came on very late and this higher price point, there are better options with seemingly better job security. Uh, probably one to target later in the season, potentially when he does look to break in. But at this stage, just, I think, rule a line through him. Um, I don't think he's, he's looking like he's going to get that round one debut. Yeah, hopefully a, uh, a trade down option. Um, yeah later in the season, but uh, let's move to the Crows and uh, no secret as to, as to who tops the scoring list here. It is Rory squared. Yeah, Rory Laird, man. as we uh, like to call him 703.9, uh, super, super pricey, but for a uh, good reason, obviously. And he solidified that 151 
as to why he's he's so highly priced. Uh, absolutely picked up where he left off in 2022 and looks set for a massive 2023. He'll set you back uh, pretty pretty, but uh, you're paying for quality here. So, Liam, lock and load. Lock and lock load. And lock load. and load. Enough said. Just get him in. Like, yep. I was – I have to say I wasn't sold on him at the start of the season. Like, I thought mm. 703, I'm not paying that much for, for anyone. I've changed my mind. I've changed my mind big term. Get yep. him in. He doesn't really get – he doesn't really – I think you have to pay up for the captaincy option that you get with him week in, week out. Yeah. And I think that's the benefit you're going to get. Sometimes you just have to pay for quality um, and not necessarily just look for value all the time. Um, moving on to Jordan Dawson, same same obviously for Crows, 603.1K, uh, defensive eligible, 105 was his score. And the new captain showed that his scoring ability playing predominantly in the back line looked, looked good, looked good. I think... Mm. Low ownership, which sorry, lower ownership than I think I expected from what 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 we went through. I think in the last episode, um, I thought he would be a bit higher than what he was. Um, obviously coming in below Sicily, um, and had twenty six disposals with twenty three kicks, ten marks, and took five kick ins, but he didn't lay any tackles. Um, Dawson is another one that's a big risk for the tag. I think we've seen that in the past. Has the round six with uh, against the Hawks with uh, McGinnis. Uh, round nine, he also has potentially a Bytel or Windhager, um, if fit. So just beware of that. Yep. Uh, he's uh, he's definitely a solid option. Uh, but yeah, for me, I can't squeeze him in, unfortunately. Uh, he is one that I am targeting mm. as an upgrade option. But to round us out, it is Riley O'Brien and Mr. Rob, uh, 560.5K. And he scored 103 on the weekend. Could be a potential pod. Mm. So Rob could be a pod. Uh, option for your round one as he took the majority of ruck contest uh, to the tune of 63% for the Crows with Himmelberg and Walker taking the rest. Had an average of 101.8 last year, so not too bad. Higher um, than I thought. Higher than yeah. I thought. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. Uh, puts his hand up potentially if you're wanting a pod and Hodor and Co. can't get the juices flowing. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I've, um, I've toyed with him in my, in my ruck line, I have mm-hmm. to say. Yep. I'm not – it's interesting. It's an interesting one that I think could could be a nice pod. I don't know what his ownership is, but didn't do as badly as what I thought he did last year. 3%. So, yeah, 3%. It's a risk, but you've got to take a risk sometimes. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it's a pod. It's a pod option. If you, if you like pods, not a bad one. Yeah. the I suppose the one query with him is he does have the tendency to have a bit of a dip in his yeah. scoring – um, doesn't consistently score uh, that 100 plus or 110 plus like we like to see. But is that even a thing anymore with uh, with the rucks? You never know. With the rucks, yeah. With Gaudy, uh now on the same same team, but yeah, yeah, it's hard know, to tell. Anyways. Yeah, but uh, anyway, Liam, that rounds us out for uh, another action-packed episode, mini episode. Uh, with another 30 players analysed from the three Friday night games. So hopefully those of you out there tuning in uh, enjoy the deep, deep dive that we're doing and analysis on these games. And as always, you can keep up to date with all the news as it comes to hand. And of course, if you're keen to join in the discussion, we encourage it. We encourage you to get in contact with us. Comment below this video if you're watching us on YouTube and don't forget to subscribe to our channel. And you can catch us and comment and chat to us on Twitter at, at supercoach underscore edge, Damon at, at demoj88, myself at, at Liam Evans underscore 95, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. You'll find us at supercoach edge. 
Very nice. And what were we uh, prompting the viewers and well, more so viewers because it is a YouTube subscriber only uh, competition yeah. in celebration of the 500 mark that we've hit. What are we getting people to comment? Yeah, just uh, let us know. Discuss the whether this is the year of Errol Golden or not. Mm. Is it the year? Mm. Is we it the year? Both, yeah, we think I it think is. it is. Yep. So uh, with that, we'll uh, jump into the next episode. It will be out tomorrow, of course, uh, where we are rounding out the uh, the rest of the practice games. So uh, yeah. Liam, we'll uh, I'll catch you. In a, in, a, in a moment as we record yeah. it but uh, the kind folk tuning in will catch you uh, tomorrow yeah. <laughs> all the best see you then guys Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 